Bending Film and Television Podcast You Didn't Know You Needed. Uh, my name is Michael Shields. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Saxon. What is up, Brian? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Spring's prone? Yeah, I'm uh, stress-free right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, wasn't, I wasn't while I was watching this. But. I was thinking, was, we're about to talk about um, One Nation Under Stress. It's a documentary by acclaimed director Mark Levin and producer... Daphne Pinkerson that follows Sanjay Gumcha. Gumta? Gupta. Gumta. He's that. No, she's... no, no. Gupta. Gupta. There's no one. Yeah. Yeah. G-U-P-T-A. Yeah. I'm saying this as if I know 100%. <laughs> I'm he's, pretty sure it's He's Gupta. the CNN chief medical correspondent that I'm sure everyone has seen. And, he's, and apparently he's a real doctor. He's in scrubs in this one. Yeah. He is. And, uh, he is not, he's not a Dr. Oz figure. No, no. As, but in this in this doc, this um, important and very telling doc, he tries to uncover the root causes of why American life expectancy is falling and it's now shorter than all other major developed countries, which is crazy. Um, you're absolutely right. While watching it, I was kind of getting stressed and, and you know, yeah. there's a lot of empathy I was feeling. Um, so I actually got a chance yesterday. Um, I reached out to him and he kind of just hit me up on a whim. I talked to Mark Levin, who is the director of this. So I got about a 20-minute um, conversation with him and I want to I lead, the, the, uh, lead with that because Mark Levin... He is a legend. He's um, he has forty three production credits to his name. He's been at the helm of thirty four projects as a director. He's best known for his uh, Brick City television series, which was nominated for an Emmy, uh, or for the dramatic feature film. Um, remember Slam back in ninety eight? It's about slam poets. It was uh, Saul Williams is in it. Yeah. That was that was one of his. It won the Grand uh, Jury Prize at Sundance. It was a big deal. Almost all of his work is it's, uh, profoundly socially conscious, as is the case with his recent slew of films at HBO and the film we were talking about today, One Nation Under Stress. So you'll hear in this interview that uh, uh, Mark truly cares and examining the ills which uh, you know, affect our society is a real, real passion for him. Um, before we dive into that real quick, just a reminder... That uh, Welcome to the Party Pal is in the loop and part of the Osiris Network. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting fans 
of the arts with content they are sure to love. Go to OsirisPod.com and check out what they got going on over there. They got some new podcasts. The Drop is a new one, uh, kind of like a weekly news one, which is great, especially for music fans. So let's dive in, and then uh, I'll share this interview, this conversation with Mark. It's about 20 minutes, and then Brian and I, uh, there's a lot to dissect and examine here, so we'll talk about it a bunch after that. So here is um, uh, a conversation with Mark Levin. Mark, thank you so much for making the time. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, this film is um, deeply affecting. It's thought-provoking, uh, intensely uh, eye-opening. So bravo. Um, so I was wondering, just to start, if you could talk about the inspiration behind wanting to make this film. Um, I'm guessing you were... Um, motivated by all the daunting statistics which you see in the film and and just about what is happening in our country in regard to the death rates and all the scary things we're seeing abounding. So the genesis of the film, I mean, we had uh, done uh, three previous films starting uh, back with the crash, uh, the Great Recession mm-hmm. in 2008 uh, for HBO, um, Shmata, okay. Rags to Riches yes. to Rags, mm-hmm. Hard Times Lost on Long Island, and Class Divide, mm-hmm. all of which uh, kind of um, looked at how these major economic, global economic forces were actually impacting everyday people's yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the idea of kind of all of a sudden looking at this through the lens of health mm-hmm. and what uh, basically these these dramatic changes in the global economy, in our culture, in our politics, that they were actually having an impact on our health and such a dramatic impact – uh, as to possibly be part of what was lowering our life expectancy. Yeah. Um, that, putting those two together, kind of it was what this was all about. We had never thought about um, looking through the health lens, and uh, it was uh, something that was actually, you know, relatively new to myself and Daphne Pinkerson, mm-hmm. the producer. Yep. Uh, and we were introduced to. Uh, um, Sanjay Gupta by HBO, uh, and we had kind of thrown around a number of ideas, uh, you know, in terms of what we might do that would be uh, an HBO film, not just a CNN report. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometime, uh, you know, a few months into um, kind of the research and discussing ideas, this idea of stress came up. And I have to admit, at first, I was kind of dismissive. I was like, stress, a documentary on stress. <laughs> yeah. You know, this sounds like a Sunday afternoon news report. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, mm-hmm. here's how you relax. Here's how you kind of decompress. And um, But as I started reading, and like you said, the shocking statistics, starting with that, that we, the most wealthy, advanced nation in history mm-hmm. <laughs> that our life expectancy uh, had dropped so dramatically from the 60s when we were right there at the top near the top to now us being near the bottom of wealthy developed nations um, that was kind of the hook yeah. and yet the idea of stress I was not aware of kind of the idea of chronic or toxic stress mm-hmm. everybody had stress and stress is not a bad thing uh, as long as it's not uh, 24-7, yeah. uh, day after day, week after week. So um, 
in a way, this was a kind of synthesis uh, from a different frame of reference of a lot of the work we've been doing. And it was also, interestingly, a way of kind of freeing ourselves from a lot of the political labels mm-hmm. uh, that in this hyper-partisan world, you know, red, blue, conservative versus liberal, Democrat versus Republican, uh, you know, so much of the dialogue is trapped there about yeah. what we do, about our culture and our society, about the, the opioid epidemic, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, to our surprise, by delving into some of the science and medicine and using Sanjay in a way, and, and this was kind of probably the biggest challenge, was how to use him uh, and, and, and his, uh, you know, reputation and, and uh, his position at CNN, but not make it a CNN report, mm. you know, to kind of make him more of a human character than just an authority telling you, you know, this is where it's at. Make it a little more of a mystery that uh, also had uh, convergence with moments in his life from the way he grew up in a white working class community to some of the the colleagues that he came of age with, Mm -hmm. whether it was the doctor at Grady or whether it was Dr. Cyril Wecht, the medical examiner. Um, So the more we got into it, the more we saw it as, wow, this is really an opportunity to, I guess, do more of a, a, we called it a medical mystery, Uh, but it was also a synthesis of a lot of ideas that we had been dealing with for the last 10 years and and going back even further. You know, I started as a kid um, with uh, Bill Moyers and my father also uh, worked with Moyers and we had we had done Y work back in the mm-hmm. 70s. We had done the Detroit model back in 78. Mm-hmm. So when we had that archival footage in the film from um, um, when we were outside Pittsburgh in the Rust Belt, I had been there as, as, a, as a young kid, uh, you know, when this whole change started back wow. in the late so it's, 70s. It was personal to you in a way, too. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It was bringing it all back, and uh, but it was a new way of looking at it uh, through this health lens. And what is it? And what you know? How do we define? We're so hooked on defining success by wealth, yeah. not health. Yep. You know? Yeah, we're the wealthiest is this. Yeah, the Dow Jones is this. And then you tell people, yeah, but we're dying younger than our parents, yeah. and we're not mm-hmm. living as long as every other, you know, industrial wealthy industrial nation you know something's not right here Mm -hmm. and of course the opioid uh, epidemic had received tremendous attention and as it should uh and uh, lots of different angles but we had seen nobody kind of try to dig deeper into the larger forces as as sanjay described it the cause of the cause uh you know and uh and and of course we had also read that the Princeton uh, economist uh, Ann Case and Andy Stevens, you know, had written, mm-hmm. and that was that was a real eye opener. And it was for Sanjay also this whole death of despair idea yeah. that, that that this spike was happening in these middle aged white uh, kind of high school educated uh, uh, or below working class Americans. This 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 spasm of mm-hmm. self destructive behavior and nihilism. Um, so 
this uh, it, it was a change of pace for us, but uh, it really, in many ways, connected. The more we saw, the, the, the deeper we got, the more it was like, wow, this is a way of kind of summing up some of the stuff we've been working on, certainly with HBO for the last decade. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, going back to kind of uh, where I started. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, I like how you mentioned how, like, his. You know, there's a lot of policies and politics behind some of these conditions that occur, but that didn't feel like this was about. It was it was really a very human level. And uh, and I also like how you did mention how it was kind of uh, the way it was set up. It was like Sanjay attempting to solve a mystery. It felt like it was, uh, you know, him getting to the bottom of this mystifying idea of death and despair. So I thought that was really great. But there's also a lot of talk about control in the film and how a lack of control or power over whether your income or just your life in general leads to stress and then self-medication creeps in and I was wondering if you could speak on just this idea of loss of control a little bit and what it does to a human being yeah I think uh, that was a huge uh, I mean loss of control uh, lack of social support yep. uh, yeah, community and and, right, and the, the, the lack of certainty uh, now, you know, just starting with that, of course, we're living at a time where change is so rapid, we, you know, humans have never been moving at this speed with mm-hmm. the technology and everything, so so you have that. And you get the fragmentation, uh, you know, of our uh, pillars of social support, whether it's the family, whether it's yeah. the, the, the community center, the church, you know, uh, the bowling league, that Robert Putnam's book, you yeah. know, about that we're not even in bowling anymore together, or literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then control, yeah, huge, huge element. Um, and that's where the Whitehall study was so uh, revelatory uh, uh, that, you know, you would assume that uh, the people that are highest up, and that's what everybody assumed, you know, are facing the most pressures and the most stress and are, are, are going to be the ones that are having attacks or strokes or, and that are dying younger. But what that Whitehall study revealed, and then they did a second one, I think 10 or 20 years later, um, is that, no, it's the opposite. It's it's the workers who have no control yeah. uh, and who are just the drones in our society and don't feel there's any meaning in their work mm-hmm. uh, and any reason. Uh, and that they have, as, as, as uh, one of the workers tells Sanjay, who worked in the factory, uh, you know, they treat us like we're just a number, like uh, we're a robot, mm-hmm. uh, no respect. He talks about the rage he feels, you know, being treated like a nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and then the woman that's sitting in the uh, coffee shop says the same thing to yes, Sanjay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that kind of dehumanization uh, that loss of any, you know, now there are many ways one can have control, you know, and obviously your job and social position is one, but, you know, you can have a menial job, but you could be the deacon in your church, or you could be the head of a, a little league or a voluntary association, you know, so there are many ways and cross currents, but as the social, you know, kind of network gets atomized uh, there and, and then as the family becomes uh, dysfunctional uh, you know uh, uh, somebody who maybe had a job where they didn't have control but they had control of their family and mm-hmm. they maybe had children and grandchildren and you know something that compensated that you know this this is my family and I'm you know the, the head of the family uh, on all levels 
we see that being shattered yeah. uh, so that you have this despair, uh, death of despair, and you have this loneliness, this isolation. Mm-hmm. So the, the lack of control, the lack of social support, the isolation, this is turning out to be a toxic mix. Mm-hmm. And then on top of all of that is what I guess you could call the more existential reading, which is even in ancient times and in uh, you know throughout history, there even if you were a serf or you had you know a horrible work or were a farmer in in olden times, there was a certain faith in the the the, the way the universe worked. There was religion. Yeah. Uh, there was a sense of meaning, you know, that, that even if you didn't appreciate your order or your level in the socioeconomic um, hierarchy, you felt there was meaning in life uh, and that somehow that was available to you, to anyone. That was one of the, the, the things about the appeal of Christianity, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so you remove that, which means you remove meaning. From the equation, and uh, Robert Sapolsky says it quite effectively when he says, you know, that, that psychological stress, can, that, that, that this kind of chronic stress could be psychologically corrosive in a new way. And he ends that uh, by saying to uh, Sanjay, you know, what community am I part of? Is there even a community? Why am I here? Mm. You know, what meaning is there in my life? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is frightening. Uh, that if uh, more and more uh, people feel this despair because their life has no meaning. Yep. Uh, and that is kind of coming from all directions, the, the sense of meaninglessness uh, and the search, the, the hunger for meaning and belonging. Yeah. So control is huge, and and that was a fascinating part of the film. Again, on a personal level, where Sanjay kind of makes that connection himself by assuming that his childhood best friend, yeah. who works uh, of all places, uh, you know, as a prison uh, corrections mm-hmm. office, uh, which is certainly a metaphor for something that you know the mm-hmm. jobs that his father had, and that, mm-hmm. that Sanjay's mother and father mm-hmm. in, in manufacturing and yeah. in the auto industry. That's gone. So where does he end up? He ends up uh, working in Michigan State prisons. Mm-hmm. But you know, with all the cuts and and, and tough uh, economic times, he's been laid off a number of times. So Sanjay's realization that even though, yeah, I'm I'm a surgeon on Mondays and I'm a, a global. Uh, you know, television journalist and medical correspondent for CNN, all the things he's doing. And, and it is amazing what the guy does. Absolutely. That he has agency. He has mm-hmm. control in the sense of this is what he wants to do and this is what he loves doing. Yep. And uh, it's fulfilling. Whereas his childhood friend is at the mercy uh, of, of other forces. And as he says, you could be doing a good job. Uh, as the people at that factory were, but all of a sudden you get the notice. No yeah. control. Yeah. It wasn't that you did a bad job or, or, you know, all of a sudden you're meaningless. You know, as yeah. the one guy says, which I always found so evocative, they're sitting uh, in the at the bar uh, after the factory is closed, and he goes, we're just workers. Yeah, yeah. You can see how that could break a person and how it could really, yep. really affect them in a negative way. Uh, one idea that really kind of blew my mind in the film is the idea of social Darwinism and how what is happening and all this, um, 
I never even thought of how someone could look at it that way. I always, you know, empathize with the situation and, you know, how can we help? But I guess it could be looked at and, you know, this, this, this way where, you know, this is what could happen to people who's, you know, need, you know, aren't really, uh, you know, finding ways to be, to contribute in ways. But uh, that, that was, a, that was a really intense um, topic and, and I'm still kind of, Organizing my thoughts about social Darwin, Darwinism as it was well, presented I'm in the film. Glad, I'm glad you picked that up because yeah. I mean, I, I have to be honest. Uh, you know, we again we didn't want to uh, burden the film with uh, you know kind of political uh, diatribes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is a time bomb. What you you know you picked up on it, mm-hmm. and it kind of started with. Um, uh, Robert Sapolsky kind of saying, well, maybe what we're seeing is uh, that people that are less adaptable to these kind of psychological stressors and this kind of chronic stress that our modern society has created, mm-hmm. maybe that they're not going to survive or they're going to, you know, be weeded out. And that was like, whoa. Yep. And then uh, talking to Case Deaton, uh, you know, about who, who first noted and, and, and wrote about these deaths of despair and, and how it was impacting the overall health and life expectancy, saying, yeah, maybe maybe it's not conscious or maybe it's maybe it is conscious. But yeah. uh, are we just basically saying, let them die, yep. let them kill themselves. We don't have to have uh, we don't have to do anything. They'll just destroy themselves and then we don't have to worry about them. Yeah. The idea uh, of anyone thinking about that consciously makes my stomach turn a little bit. It's frightening. Yeah. It's absolutely frightening. And I have to say, I mean, uh, it, it took us back, but we felt it was absolutely mandatory that it be included in the discussion. And, uh, you know, as you see, even with the narco, uh, you know, that, that, okay, maybe after the the third uh, overdose, uh, that's it. We just let you die. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the woman says, is that what we're going to do with uh, people that have diabetes and people who have heart problems mm-hmm. because they eat too much? And again, we have a culture that is in many ways a culture of addiction. It's selling us this stuff. We grow up bombarded, mm-hmm. you know, eat this, drink that, Bye take this, this pill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the pharmaceutical industry and the whole uh, opioid, you know, epidemic. You take this pill, you won't get addicted. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's a, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I think the bottom line is what Sanjay. I remember when he first said to me, you know, I want if I had anything I wanted for my kids, it's empathy, and that mm-hmm. kind of surprised me. Yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, would you say, you know, health and happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was saying empathy is the root of all of that, and that, and, okay. he, and he truly believes, you know, as he said, I can. He, 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 that was a very strong personal statement he made when he said, you know, uh, I, I'm really bothered by this idea of social Darwinism mm-hmm. that once your utility is used up, you know, what good are you? Yeah. Uh, and again, he, he was going back to empathy, the sense of, uh, of. Uh, you know, community, the sense that we care, compassion, uh, and that if we just strip that out, and, and if a, a kind of, let's just say, a, a, a kind of almost uh, outlaw, uh, gone crazy hyper-capitalism just reduces everything to its market value, and there is no spirit, there's no soul, there's no humanity, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, what have we created? Uh, we've created a monster, and uh, you know, this that 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 this this sense. And I, I guess this was the thing that really connected with uh, the last three films we made. When that this idea that inequality has a huge impact on the health of the community, yeah. and that obviously the have-nots are the ones that are most devastated by inequality, but that the haves are not immune, mm. that the haves are also influenced and their health impacted. There is no escape. You can't build a gated community. You can't, you know, just have the air that you breathe and the water you think you may mm -hmm. be able to, but you are part of a community and so much of our dialogue is why should I and, and Sanjay says it right in the thing why should I pay for them and yep. why should I pay taxes for them and why should I help them uh, and all of that this 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 lack of compassion you know caging young you know undocumented immigrants mm -hmm. and, the, and the, these little kids this this cruelty that that takes a toll on all of us there is no escape you might think hey what it doesn't matter to me i'm not part of that but you are part of that and uh, it will you will pay a cost also it may not be as terrible as those who've got nothing Yeah. and are left behind that and you know and you see it in that monkey experiment uh, that Franz Duval does with the cucumbers and the, and the grapes, grapes yeah. um, but but on the wider level uh, this idea that that tension that, that, that is in a society that stress that an overall society mm -hmm. feels because there's such a gap between those who are making it and everybody else who is struggling, that stress is everyone is vulnerable to. Yeah. Those on the top are always looking over their shoulder, mm -hmm. even if they have billions, you know, wondering when it's all going to change and, yeah. and, and, and their, their compound will be stormed. Uh, so that, that to me was a revelation that, that the income inequality Uh, and because so much of the argument has been in this kind of America, you know, lift yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, hey, if you get left behind, that's, you know, tough luck. Mm -hmm. You know, we made it. So can you. Uh, and not realizing that the compassion and the reaching out and helping others is absolutely helping yourself. Yeah. And I think Sanjay, that, that is something ingrained in him just uh, in his own personality, his own sense of empathy and compassion. But I think he was searching uh, to see, is that confirmed in science, uh, from neuroscience to the primatologists, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was an eye-opener for us. Yeah, absolutely. So well said, too. It definitely, these are things that um, in one way or another are going to affect us all, which is, which is wild. Uh, so uh, I think you just covered it. I had a couple other questions, but I mean, just what you just said there really brought everything home to me. I want to say thank you again for taking the time. This, I feel this film is very important. Um, so much of your work has been so important. I've actually, I'm, I was a big fan of Slam back in the day in Brick City and oh, all, your, all, you. all your work has been fantastic. So thank you again for taking the time and I'm, I'm really excited to spread the word about this one. This is something I think uh, a lot of people can take away a whole lot from. So thanks. All right, I appreciate it, Mike. Right. Okay. Excellent. You too, Mark. So that was cool. I want to uh, uh, 
thank Mark for coming on. I know how busy he is. That he's, uh, you know, the prolific amount of work he puts out there. He's always on the grind. And, and Daphne uh, Pinkerson, who works with him so often, producer, um, she helped set that up big time. So that was really cool. So need to know, Brian, how um, how do you feel about all this? What how the how the film affect you? Hmm. Um. Huh, that's a that's a big question. Yeah, it's loaded. Um, I th- I think that uh, this has been something that I've said for a long time, like mm-hmm. a, a large portion of my life. Um, that stress is a killer. It is that uh, that people don't, especially. I mean, we live in New York. Uh, the amount of stress, the amount mm-hmm. of uh, the amount of psychological uh, impact that people put on themselves. Yeah. I mean, this is all like one of the things that I took away from this, and one of the things that you know. I think about a lot um, is how what we do is affected how what we do is affected by our our DNA mm-hmm. our ancestry mm-hmm. our, our relation to like apes and chimpanzees they do a lot with baboons in here mm-hmm. um, and how stress is a one of the things that they that they start with is like stress is a is a good thing yeah. to have you know, if you're a gazelle on the plains of Africa, mm. stress your stress levels spike yep. when you're attacked by a leopard, and then when you they escape, come, it come, subs- they come subsides. Down. But yep. the problem is, so like, if there is a if there is a problem, if there's a if there's a bus crashing into the sidewalk, yeah. your stress level spikes. Mm-hmm. You have to get out of the way, and then it subsides. Yeah. The problem is that human beings are putting all this chronic stress on them it's all the, the fucking stress. time. Exactly. We've, we've, we've hit a point in our society where we've, we have everything we fucking need. We, mm-hmm. We've gotten out of the, the, the food chain. We're not like, we're, we're not being chased by animals mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've created a society where we get everything that we want um, and anything that we need. And we still like, compound stress on us like on many many different levels yeah. uh one of the things i thought was interesting is that they talk about how the 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 and we can get into the socioeconomic yeah. factors because that's to. that's obviously like a sure. major major thing about this film as well but um it's the middle class it's the middle class that if that that gets uh that gets us affected by stress yeah. almost more than than the yeah. poverty stricken lower mm-hmm. class, mm-hmm. and this is the same in baboon cultures that they found. Yep. Is that like in That's a baboon right. troop, mm-hmm. you're at the top. You have there's minor amount of stress in terms of losing it. Mm-hmm. At the bottom, there is stress in I I want what's what's better than me. Yeah. So you, the the there's stress to like to rise, but in the middle, you're experiencing stress on both. Yeah, you know that like you can you can do better, so you're stressed out about like making your way up the rank. But there's also that stress of like you could lose it, you yeah. could lose what little you have, and they talk about how in how in American society people are people are stressed on on that level, yep. on the same way that that monkeys are. Yeah, which is crazy because yeah. we are monkeys. Yeah, right. yeah, because we are monkeys. Absolutely, yeah. exactly. It's I mean, like you said, there's so much to think about, and and I just I mean, first thing that grabbed me is just how. You know, it's seeing the statistics and how, you know, I've been hearing them for some time, but just how devastating these are. I mean, each state for the last, like, I think since um, 1999, suicides and death went up. And it's not just like, you know, sometimes people think about the heartland, you know, and that the coast people are doing better. But it's in every single state, 
deaths, suicides have gone up and right. drug deaths have gone up. Deaths, Since 1999. Deaths of despair. Deaths of despair, which is amazing, yeah. amazing, intense, intense term. Um, and it just, it, that's what's a lot of fun about One Nation Under Stress. I mean, not fun in a good way, but interesting is the word is, it is a mystery because there are these many, many facets to leading to this despair and, you know, the culture, the... The greed of, of larger companies they talk about where manufacturing jobs are leaving towns and leaving people helpless and, and, and having no control. Um, you know, just there's just these tons of different uh, things. But I it's you you were saying how, you know, you always thought about stress. It was so interesting to see a little bit more of the science behind it, how it was actually stress could actually shrink your brain or yeah. like what it does to you physiologically. It's yeah. just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can affect all, like, you, stress can affect how you eat. Stress can affect yeah. how you sleep. Like, yeah. major... And that's going to just tumble major, over and make things worse. Major when, pillars yeah. of a healthy lifestyle, sleep, eating, exercise. Absolutely. You're stressed out, you know, I mean... People make the argument like I'm too stressed to like work out. Yeah. Just like, all right, well then <laughs> you're gonna keep killing yourself. Yeah. And or in the sleep thing. I mean, the more and more you learn about how sleep is important. If you're not sleeping, this whole thing is gonna tumble and tumble and become a bigger, bigger snowball as you go through, which is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, but uh, the uh, the the deaths of despair. Yeah. Um, I mean, for someone that hasn't watched this. Uh, this is what I thought was interesting about it. So deaths of despair, they talk about like suicide, overdoses, uh, cirrhosis, I think is a big yes, one. Like uh, huge. Uh, yep. so like all these, all these, uh, all these, these ways of dying that, um, that, that they categorize under deaths of despair has always been like a categorization for, for ha like this X amount of people died in the United States in 2018 because of suicide. Okay, but what is causing that? Because suicide isn't something that like it's not like cancer. Yeah. You know, like yep. like overdosing isn't like isn't like cancer getting mm -hmm. hit by a car. It's yep. not so, it's not like an out an outside factor. Uh, it's something that you do to yourself. You kill yourself. You overdose on drugs. You drink yourself to death and create cirrhosis yep. because of something that you are doing. But that's not like the real reason why these are happening. So what is like the the why are why are these deaths happening occurring in our country? Yeah. Um, and the, and Gupta's, I mean, they're pretty much they're saying that like stress is causing all. Yeah, of exactly. A lot of it led to stress, and so it's what the pieces are that lead to this stress. And one of them, and I think about often, is the fallacy of the American dream, and it's this idea, uh, these expectations that if you just work hard enough. You'll be fine. You know, everything will be fine if you work hard enough. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Work yourself up on. And the despair that occurs when that doesn't pan out, when you realize that's not like a... And that's why sometimes... And I believe in a lot of libertarian ideas and such where, you know, I want everyone to be able to do what they want. But not everyone's starting at the same level playing field. And a lot of people, even if they do work that hard or do, you know, you know there's so much involved in the system. And that's that's... There's so much um, that can be against a lot of people, whether it's because they are poor, uh, they, you know, are a person of color or whatever. They just, they, they can work as hard as they want and it, it might not work out for them. Mm. You know? uh, so, but I did mention people of color. They do get into the idea of, because um, uh, African-Americans in our country have been facing this sort of, uh, in, an intense stress, an intense chronic stress right. their, their entire existence right. here and they talk about how that you know they, I think 
I think it's down to now it's only a three and a half year less life expectancy than whites, but there's a bridging gap yeah. that's occurring right now, and it's, it's more white people are, are are feeling a lot of chronic state of stress. Yeah. State of stress. I don't think it's you know I think many African African Americans are still feeling that stress, but that was very interesting to see that that um you know maybe that's something that bridges the gap and see that we're all people and people can come together on that. But that was that was an interesting thing. As yeah. Well. How much? I mean, how much of this has to do with capitalism? Just as a whole, I thought about capitalism the whole damn yeah. time, and just it's, greed, and just like the fact that, like, you know, people are exploited and used. I mean, the woman, remember at the coffee shop, she was really upset, and she, I mean, she brought thought about it a whole lot. The one who went to therapy. Uh, no, though she that was great to see her do yeah. better. She was a little bit larger than her, but she was talking about how she just felt like a cog in the machine, and you know that was she was upset that, um, you know. Greed left, and then they went to all the economic decline in the Rust Belt, which really hit me. I went to school in Southern Virginia, and I, yeah. did, I did a bunch of classes. Um, were called Appalachian Study classes. I got fascinated with it because I was from New England. I didn't know much about the area, and they would actually take you deeper. I was in Southwestern Virginia, but we'd go to West Virginia. We'd go deeper, and um, Appalachia is a third world country, and I had no idea in what you know to what level. Yeah, um, and so yeah, some of the. <laughs> some of the despair and, and, and poverty level in this country is pretty yeah. pretty intense and it's not it's you know the the capitalism the greed that is the 1% getting richer nothing's trickling down that's bullshit nothing's yeah. gonna you know there's you know some we had a president who said he was gonna drain the swamp and he did nothing but make sure you know pr- promise these people who were you the know swamp. a poorer base uh, you know that he was gonna help lift them up and he did did the exact opposite right. and it's just they feel, be, you know, hopefully they feel betrayed and stand against it, but it's crazy. Oh, oh, are you saying for the for the next election? Oh, I'm saying for the future. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, positively because there's there's um it's 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 tough to see. I mean, I guess if you look at his base numbers, not much has changed, but right. Um, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, yeah, you're seeing a cult, cult of personality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're not. You're no not, question. It's, it's, it's not people. People have dug in on sides. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully there's enough in the middle. There are there are people, which I never understand the independent voter, but there are people in the middle. And hopefully there are people who actually did, you know, actually saw their taxes go up and just like say, aha. Yeah, besides like the fanatics and the cult of progressives, because that's a real thing, obviously. Right. Um, one thing I brought up to Mark, and I was wondering if it jumped out at you because it, it threw me for a loop. Uh, the idea of social Darwinism. Yeah. You know, meaning yeah. that like if it's, you know, Usually, I think about you know how do we help these people? We need to fix this. Some some people can look at it as like whatever. That's they're they're not yeah. use, they're not useful. They're killing themselves. They're not contributing society. Let them let them go. Yeah, Which is fucked up. But that's that makes that. that Wait, but that's something that's out of our control. Yeah, you can't control like how the species, oh, how the species evolves. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't. But I mean, I, I think there are uh, systemic things that you know. And I'm going to go back to racism that. Um, white people in charge have done to make it so that you know black people can't get out of their situation and that might lead to death and deaths of despair right. or whatever and so if you are keeping poor people consistently down um on purpose that you do there's some control there but you're absolutely right that, right. that, that there is some sort of but, social darwinism right a, and, and but look how much of that is being done by the people experiencing it themselves i mean one of the guys in the the plant i think it's in pennsylvania the plant that shuts down you know he's at sanjay's at the bar with like these two dudes oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's i mean true it's heartbreaking they live in a small rural america you don't have many options 
best option, the one that pays the most is the plant, which employs however many people. And then, you know, capitalism at its finest, when the, when the bottom line just isn't like mm-hmm. doing well enough, who gets cut first? The, the people that make the product. Um, and they were, uh, and the guy's talking and he's talking to me, he's like, I have five kids to feed at home. And I'm like, why the fuck do you have five kids? Why do you have... Five? I didn't know what? where we were going there. Yeah, but th- it was one of those things. It yeah. was just like... These people yeah. are these people are poor, and they're still. I mean, this guy's younger than me. He's in his. I mean, it looked like he was in his mid thirties or yeah. something, and he has five fucking kids in this day and age. Like, why is why are any human beings having that many children? Knowing what we know now, knowing like what we know about the planet and yeah. just the amount of like resources one human being takes up, and and I mean, I'm sure he's not thinking of. Of that, he's not thinking of like, well, you know, it'll cause more climate change yeah. the more mouths I put on mm-hmm. this on this on this earth. But he has to be thinking from like an economic yeah, point how of I, view. How, how am I going to afford to yeah. to pay? Because I'm sure his wife is not working because she's taking care of think, those kids. Um, any sort of religion comes in, into play with with birth control or anything like that, or uh, is, probably it's got to be a facet of that. I mean, I, I would think in a lot of these places, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, there's one way to look at it. They're not setting themselves up for success no. by any means, and you know, those those are those are. One could argue evolutionary mistakes that human beings are making. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they're Could getting they're getting crushed by a by a by a capitalist by system, a system that doesn't give sure. a fuck about them, no. and they put their trust in it because they were fed that garbage. Because mm-hmm. we're fed garbage mm-hmm. our, our entire lives. Fucking co- college is good for you. Yeah. Fucking have lots of babies. Get married. Like all these things can like just completely crush a human being and completely like crush them economically go to college come out of debt come out hundred thousand dollars in debt get married uh five years down the road it doesn't Mm -hmm. work out you give 50 percent of what you make to to your 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 spouse Mm -hmm. um have children that's like if you don't have the money to have children it becomes in in a serious economic burden Mm -hmm. but these are all things or buy a fucking house Mm -hmm. buy a house but then like the you know you're all coming back to what i talked about the fallacy of the american dream yeah so these and and these are all i always look at it and i look at it pretty conspiratorial in a larger thing it's also a way to keep people like under control in you know you do this you do this you're all of a sudden you're in debt yeah. You have to work. You have to grind. You get your house. You get your mortgage. You got to do for. I mean, I think on a bigger level, it's, it's it feels to me that you know people who support and love and push capitalism are pushing a, a means of control on yeah. people sometimes. And but I know that's thinking. The problem is like most of the people that you hear that are pushing. I mean, obviously, like the the uh, CEO of JP Morgan mm. of uh, JP Morgan Chase just came out saying that like socialism. Is it is like a, an inherent danger to like our civilization? I'm like, well, that's easy for you yeah. to fucking say. <laughs> yeah. Like sitting atop your fucking golden throne yeah. with however like many millions of dollars you got like in a bonus yeah. last year. Uh, but it's not just them. No. It's not just the the uh, the elite that are pushing capitalism. Capitalism is fed to the to the the plebes Absolutely. and the plebes who are the ones that could use fucking socialism more than anybody else mm-hmm. are demonizing it, mm-hmm. especially in this country, especially yeah. in the red. There's States. a bit of brainwashing. There's a bit of brainwashing going on too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's being fed that whole thing. Um, uh, you know who I loved in this was Robert Sapolsky. The uh, baboon expert. He, he, yeah. I, I was like, when I saw him, I'm like, we need a whole doc on him. Yeah. Yeah. 
He lived with baboons for 20 years. He wrote a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, right. which I thought was really great. Um, you know, he, he was able to talk a lot about the physical reactions to stress, and I, I really want to know um, more about him, which, uh, you know, was really cool. Also, another part of the movie that I thought was really fucked up was the great versus uh, cucumber for monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> which everyone laughs at. Yeah, yeah, they're all laughing. Everyone laughs at that monkey it's, that can't get... Absolutely, so it, it, I'm sure most people listening uh, heard it, but what they're doing is they're feeding uh, in front of each other, they're feeding one monkey a grape and one a cucumber, and grapes obviously the, the tastier thing, and one, they're, they're, they're forcing jealousy. They're showing how... You know, I mean, how do we not know what jealousy is? But the experiment is to show uh, what inequality can do and the type of stress it will cause. Well, one of the, uh, the Sapolsky said, uh, quote, I think what we know by now from the baboon world is what makes psychological stress really corrosive. Lack of control, mm. lack of predictability, mm. lack of social support. That third one, that, that's another one that we should talk about. 100%. Is, um, it's, it, which is really, like, damning to this culture in particular, is that we don't have, like, social... Community. We don't have community, community. anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I really... That's I, I, something I think about. And, you, I mean, uh, I'm going to steer this towards school students and stuff and what kids deal with in a little bit. But, but I mean, a lot of these shootings you see, and not just school shootings, but whatever people, you know, who've killed Muslims or, or people in the black community, uh, like these lone shooters, these weirdos in their basement, or just people without community. And I just love the idea. I wish... I was walking by just on Sunday. There's a, a temple right across the street, and I'm watching people going before I go for a run. Tem- uh, Elohim. Yeah, and um, they're just, they're just everyone's so happy to see each other. They were like, it was a nice Sunday morning. They see each other Sunday. Like I wish, I wish church wasn't. I wish there wasn't so many, just so much fucked up shit wrapped up in there. Because the idea of communing and finding different ways to commune. I mean, I I'm like I, I'm finding a lot of community and like you know music parents people who share the same type of music and you know people do it in sports um but i wish you know it would be it would be really interesting to uh to yeah i mean people have to find community some way we have to help people find community yeah 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 they should set up more ayahuasca churches yeah, in the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. state we have to fix great. the churches it'd be great it's the churches yeah they're set they're they're selling the wrong shit yeah you see they're selling the wrong well, well said brian but there was there was interesting where they talked about the hispanic paradox is what it called where uh in hispanic right. communities um a lot of the community a lot of families stick together a bunch made me think and just because there's so and much, they live longer they live longer i was just gonna go yeah. there um one of the things that you know we see a lot in our country is this racism um, towards Mexicans or Hispanics and stuff, and it just I I've found my interactions with all the Hispanic people and Mexicans, everyone I know, to be amazing. I, I love the way um, they deal with death too. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like the, the way they deal with death, the way they deal with family, and just this whole idea with community um, in their culture, and they've been living longer, staying together, and, and generally happier. Yeah. Um, so it just it it, it goes to show. Uh, uh, there's some real rot in our culture. Yeah. Some real rot, and and uh, and it's it's in, instead of um, you know people uh, in charge trying to fix it, they're actually trying to draw that wedge deeper and deeper, um, which is fucking disgusting. Right. Well, I mean, it's inevitable. We're gonna. Have, this this empire is gonna, gonna collapse. Like, there's no like saving it. 
People kind of like me. I'm, for real. I mean, it's it's on the... I like your optimism. I, I'm it's just realism. Being, I yeah. think we're being realistic. Yeah. yeah like, and it's it's corroding from the inside. Yeah. Which is how all civilizations fails. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, we hit a, like, a nexus of... We have everything, but we have nothing. Yeah. Same thing that the Romans yeah. had. I hold out a little hope. Um just because I, I see so much good in here, but I think you're absolutely right. Uh, we have to touch on the, what the kids deal with these days, though. Just I have a daughter, and she's already doing training for school shootings. She's seven, and that just that's got to be a lot on the psyche as well. I mean, there's always been stresses in the world, and and, and, and you know, I mean, our parents dealt with whatever they thinking about a nuclear attack occurring, and um, we had a pretty good uh, coming up at our time. But I mean, there's always been stresses. But the idea that um, and it's not just schools. I mean, that, that they think they could walk into a mall, they could walk into a movie theater, they could walk into a church, they could walk... And it's like a normal thing that they think, that, that they can be shot. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. That's a chronic stressor. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just that. So, um, I really... Uh, the idea that was present in the movie, in, in this doc, is that... Uh, I always talk about empathy. The idea that empathy can go down as you're stressed, that just leads... Us further and further because I mean we need empathy to understand each other and stress negatively affects empathy that that was disheartening right yeah Um, well I mean we have an empathetic president so (laughs) So we're good hopefully yeah (laughs) we have a real real hopefully everyone's like following suit yeah the numbers are crazy though 50 Americans die a day from prescription painkillers I actually thought that was low I did too it's still crazy there's 350 million Americans yeah only 50 are dying? Yeah. It seemed low, but it's still a lot. It's still a lot. Um, I mean, the one, the guy uh, we meet in the beginning, the, the, um, the coroner, who was really profound, he, um, he, he said, you know, he experienced, he's very old now, he experienced the AIDS epidemic, and he says what he's seeing with these uh, deaths of despair is, is worse. I mean, he's just, right. it, was, it was overwhelming where he was. So, any other takeaways um, you mm-hmm. have from this one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess what do... Um we can we can end on a optimistic note. I'm good. What I'm what sure. uh what can people listening do to change their lifestyles to alleviate stress? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, any anything you can find in your life. I mean, I I hate to say something so uh, simple as uh you know we got to find ways to be kind to each other and and and, and it, it, you know. Um, uh, Sanjay says at one point, he's like, the best way we can care for ourselves is we need to take care of each other. And as simple and as heady and hippie or whatever as that sounds, it's 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 really true. And uh, I mean, you know, helping other people to find ways to find community, um, support when people want to join any community you're involved in or in that way, uh, and to um, actually really be conscious about supporting politicians whose policies will truly help working people because we saw so much hurt in this uh in this um documentary is so much hurt was working people people who just wanted to work and so if if you can't support politicians that truly authentically support working people that's a that's a good way to go so what else brad I'm good. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Check this film out if you haven't. I'm sure sure most listening have. It's really, it's it's one of those that'll make you think. And um, it's wild what's going on in our uh, country right now. So see see if we can turn things around. Uh, thanks for joining the party, everybody. Hello, Cyrus.
This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com. Yeah. Uh-huh. 